All right. So today we are reading in John chapter eight, um, and it's depending on how your Bible is structured. It's um, it's chapter eight verses one through eleven, or it could be part of chapter seven. So um, getting in before getting into the story, it's important to recognize that the earliest versions of this manuscript, John's Gospel, um, does not um, does not include this section. Now. It, uh, that that does mean that this section was added later, and um, it it doesn't mean though that the story isn't true. Uh, since since I believe that Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected as a substitute for my punishment, uh, you know, the punishment for the sin that I deserved, uh, I also believe that God ordained and orchestrated the gathering of all these manuscripts and texts that we call the Bible as, as a part of a bigger picture that he was working to give us something that we could put our hands on and to give us some context for our faith. So I believe that, but I believe all that because what I of what I believe about Jesus. So it's um, this isn't a discussion about whether the Bible is true or isn't true or is infallible, you know, all that kind of stuff. Don't want to get into that minutia. But in that context, I believe the story really does belong here, though, and it gives us really a sense of things about Jesus that we already know from other areas of scripture. So I'm going to read this real quickly because it's fairly short and then kind of uh, provide some, some context, my, my takeaway. So um, uh, John chapter eight, verses one through 11, it says they each went to the, uh, his own house, but Jesus went on to the Mount of Olives or uh, yeah, the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple and all the people came to him and sat down and taught them. Or, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the in their midst, uh, they are in his midst. They said to him, "Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say?" And uh, <laughs> this they this they said to test him, which which is common, right? That they, they want to test him and provoke him, almost like this is a riddle. Uh, and this they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his fingers uh, on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, uh, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Now, wouldn't you love to know what Jesus wrote on the ground? My goodness. That's one of those questions when we get to heaven, it'll be fun to ask. But he said, again, he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they had heard it, they went they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. So the reading itself, this is such a famous story. And and because we don't know if this is really a true event or if it was added later or what the deal is, we don't know if there was a woman really there or if this was kind of like everybody was working in analogies. And it really doesn't matter. Um, the, 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 the clarity of the message here is, is almost doesn't even uh, require mention, you know, ex expona explanation. Um, but... Jesus sees this woman in sin. He, she's presented to him. And these, these scribes and Pharisees are trying to get Jesus to let her off the hook, right? They're trying to catch him in uh, a loophole. 
And so he turns it back on them and says, though you were without who are without sin, you can cast the first stone. And even these hardened hearts of these Pharisees knew they were sinners too. Um, so the takeaway for me, uh, you know, though, though we don't really know much about whether this episode is really authentic or not, we do know that this is a lot like Jesus. I'm, I'm thinking of Luke's gospel in chapter 6, verse 37, or Romans chapter 12, 17 through 19. There, there's examples all over of Jesus talking about judgment and, and leveraging judgment against others. And, um, and he is clearly pushing back on that idea here that, um, that his gospel and God's rules are not for us to judge others, but for us to judge ourselves. And we know it's true. Bad things happen um, to good people. Bad things happen to all people. Um, but, you know, we all tend to want to point to these bad things that happen in a way that we, you know, we point to the bad things that happen that we don't feel like we had control over to make us feel better about the bad things that are a result of our own decisions and our own sin. And that's how we let ourselves off the hook. All right. But most often it's our sin that leads to our pain. And I think Jesus is trying to communicate here to get us to focus our energy and focus our attention on the one thing we can control. It's the things we choose to do in our daily lives. He sends her away. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go from now on, sin no more. He sends her away telling her, hey, it's okay. Change, get better, do right. So today for me, the takeaway is simple. Today I want to with each decision I make in, in my life today, I'm just going to simply ask God, is this what you would have me to do in this moment? Simple, straightforward, and I just want to try to do right for one day.